Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resources podcast. It is yet another week. We are here. We've got all sorts of good stuff going on again today, and uh, I'm really glad that you guys have uh, decided to join me. Uh, between the summer vacation, COVID stuff, COVID stuff, COVID stuff, COVID stuff. <laughs> people are starting to come back online and people are starting to be in their cars and catching up on podcasts and, you know, you can see all those numbers. So uh, for those of you who have kind of taken a step back just simply because you had to, I'm so glad you guys are coming back. Thank you very much. We, we're right here where we left off. And um, if you've never joined us before, welcome. This is a this is a very fun show. It's very informative. Uh, the goal is to actually help you guys figure out what you're trying to figure out in the field of human resources. And there's so much of it going on. So we try and touch touch on a lot of unique uh, topics and have a lot of really great guests. And just excited that you're here. And for those of you who are just the ultimate champions and come back week after week after week after week. You guys rock. Thank you so very much. I cannot begin to tell you how much I really appreciate the fact that you guys are here uh, consistently, constantly listening to the the messages that we're delivering. Um, I get feedback from you guys all the time, and, you know, you guys are just fantastic. So I am here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources because I'm in the human business, and that means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage. And no kidding, right? (laughs) Uh, But most importantly today, we're going to be talking about, we've got some employment law changes across the nation, and I'm going to share with you where you can find the ones that I'm calling out, plus a lot of the other ones that I get on a regular basis. We're going to, our main topic today, we've got a guest from Down Under. Her name is Annette Densham. She's an awesome lady. Love her to death. She is a PR specialist with a significant background in, uh, employee communications and corporate communications you're going to listen love talking to we were talking about what happened um with the whole tweet that just about killed crossfit and uh how it you know sometimes and when, when comments and tweets and posts and all sorts of whatever's uh bypass the shut up filter you do wind up getting some problems so we're going to be talking about that i'm going to talk to you about some upcoming events got a hot one for you and then how you can get best practices delivered directly to your inbox. But before we go on, folks, please understand that the information that is available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue. If you don't have an employment attorney, you are welcome to go ahead and contact me, and I might be able to refer one to you through my affiliates and our friends over at Jackson Lewis across the nation. Now, before I get into this, guys, I do have to share something with you guys. 
Um, for those who've been following for a, a long time and have been listening to the show, uh, since the beginning of the show, up until about last September, can you hear the squeaking? I'm getting to that part. Um, <clears throat> I always had dogs. I unfortunately had to put two down in the month of September. I had Champ and I had Lola within three weeks of each other. Both were older dogs and they both had cancer. One was a Great Pyrenees, uh, that was Lola, and Champ was a uh, very long a dog I had for a long time. It was a Cocker Spaniel. So I was without for a while, and we had Champ the Wonder Dog, and Lola was actually in the process of becoming a veteran support dog, however, um, with their condition. They just, you know, exited this world. But if you may have already heard, there's some squeaking in the background, and you will likely hear some of that. <laughs> there it is. Uh-huh. Uh, for <laughs> quite a while. Um hopefully for several years as this show continues but that is the new addition to the crew here and his name is Nakoa he is an eight-week-old great Pyrenees puppy and you wouldn't doubt it by looking at all the cuts and the scratches and the welts on my arms and my hands uh, but he is actually uh, brand new just uh, just came home last Saturday he is joining me in the studio you will guys absolutely probably hear him bones will be flying across the floor as he chews on them toys will squeak and uh and he's just an awesome little guy he is um actually going to be a what i refer to as a veteran veteran advocate dog meaning that uh we are about a year from now we are gonna uh work on getting speaking uh, speaking engagements and demonstrating what a service dog should look like and how a service dog should behave and what are the requirements under the American with Disabilities Act for employees um, and for and what employers need to adhere to if they have an employee who is interested or has a service dog. And the reason why this is coming up is that Congress, this particular Congress, the 116th uh, Congress has t a couple of bills out on the table. Now, whether or not they will actually be voted on right now they're both sitting on the senate uh, both kind of have some unique language to it but in summary uh, these bills actually would require uh, the va to force grants um, out there to train dogs and provide bona fide service dogs to veterans in need and if that happens veterans returning to the workforce with service dogs um, it gives you guys an opportunity to understand what's the difference between a service dog and what's the difference between an emotional support dog because not n not both of them that's a horrible grammar but they are only one is actually supported by the american with disabilities act so uh this gives uh, an opportunity to really demonstrate what one should look like doesn't matter what breed they are and um yeah some really good information out of that our 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 goal and our mission is to actually uh, be on stage and actually speaking at some pretty big events and big venues, but being able to have Nakoa with me and, and demonstrate that, yes, he's in fact a service dog. Uh, he's well-trained, <clears throat> well-behaved, and, and does what he's supposed to. And by the way, this is what this should look like if you're an employer or, or have an employee that takes on a service dog. So. I have a feeling that if the if legislation passes within Congress that we're going to see more of that. And we're right now across the nation, as far as employers go, we're not really prepared for it. So it's kind of one of those things that I can see forecasting. 
Okay, so so don't be surprised if you hear chatter, <laughs> if you hear little barks and a lot of squeaking in the background. So we want to definitely make sure that we welcome him because he's he's pretty spectacular. All right, so employment law changes and, and headlines across the nation. Um, OSHA has issued uh, some FAQs in regards to uh, employees who are returning to the workforce. Uh, the National Labor Relations Board and General Counsel has issued guidelines for in-person elections during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security has rescinded policy change on temporary COVID-19 exemptions for certain international students. The IRS has issued additional CARES Act guidance for recruitment, excuse me, for retirement plan administrators and qualified individuals. Uh, there is a printing debacle that has taken place over at USCIS, which means that employers, employees uh, who could potentially be harmed by government failure to print documents, they are trying to figure out what that is. So there's an update on that. I remember years ago, the reason why I wanted to throw that one out there is that years ago when I was doing an I-9 audit and I worked, uh, it was one of my first in-seat HR positions. Um, it was right after 9-11 and uh, there was a huge backlog um, with the changes of issuing permanent residence cards that that was a, it got bottlenecked in the process with the Department of Homeland Security. And so uh, we had to, we had to accommodate individuals that had specific paperwork, uh, but didn't yet have their uh, renewed card. It was just kind of interesting. So it just was something that, that I threw out there because I thought it was relatively important based off of that. And the IRS has up made updates to payroll tax deferrals on their FAQs uh, following the enactment of the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act of 2020. Over in California, uh, no initials, no problem, as they're saying. California Court of Appeals has uh, holds the failure to initiate not enough uh, to, to prevent arbitration. Um, California Attorney General's has issued a CCPA FAQ over in Georgia, Georgia legislature. We mentioned this last week, but there's some more information out there on this. They've passed a bill to limit liability from COVID-19 related claims. Over in Missouri, uh, they have limited punitive damages in the workplace uh, in regards to safety lawsuits. Over in New York, um, there's an article that I'm posting. It's called Fess Up or Pay Up. Travelers to New York from restricted states must submit report or face fines. So if you have employees that are going in that are in a restricted state, make sure that they understand what is required. And then over in Virginia, Virginia has passed the first in-nation OSHA standard for COVID-19. And that, my friends, is what we've got going on across the nation and the squeakingness in the background of the studio. There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation has dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number, launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina, along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the special operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future 
to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows, and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DOD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life. All right, gang, I have got another jewel from down under. I'm so excited she's here. She's an awesome, awesome lady. Um, communication specialist, public relations specialist, uh, former journalist, and amazingly talented storyteller, Annette Densham from, from Australia is on the line. And uh, I'm so excited you're here. Hi. Thanks, Brenda. I know, gee, I sound pretty good. <laughs> I know. So you're a whole day. I want to meet her. So if your day is going well, that means the rest of us will be fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My day is going swimmingly today. It's a beautiful day. The temperature's like divine. And um, after I finish talking to you, I'm off to hang out with my friend. Well, that sounds like a plan. Well, that's awesome. But thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. And, uh, Absolutely. It's a really important topic. Yes. And it's a minefield for people who don't have any comms training or are in business for themselves or running a small team. And all of a sudden they find that they have to be an expert in more disciplines than they realized when yeah. they started their business. It's kind of like, oh, I've got to know that. Yeah, same thing with HR, but this is one of those topics where HR and PR intersect. And mm -hmm. with especially especially when it comes to working together with intern comms, internal communications. And so so what we're talking about is back in June of this year, um the CEO of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, uh had made a post that according to a statement that he released uh, afterwards was he was trying to, he was using George Floyd's name to get under the skin of an organization of which some statistics or something like that, he didn't necessarily agree in. So basically you're having a spitting match on Twitter, which never works to begin with. And then he uses the name inappropriately of something that at the time, the riots were taking place over Minneapolis and the nation's nerve was completely exposed and it resulted in Reebok and other companies pulling their uh, sponsorship and their collaborative efforts away from CrossFit. Um, franchise owners were looking to figure out how do we get away from this guy? How do we get out from underneath the CrossFit name? And it was just a killer tweet is basically what it was. And 
it, it's a complex situation because everything everything happens as a result of that. Stock goes down, uh, shareholders lose confidence uh, in the organization and they start selling off. Not to mention you've got employees that are trying to figure out, oh my God, what do we do? Are our jobs safe? Like, it, it's just, it's chaos. And I'm sure you've experienced, maybe not this situation, but that moment where the CEO opens up and does something and it just blows up. It's like, uh, yeah, someone dropped a big bomb in the middle of the organization and it, it, t- it totally ruins your reputation because you have reacted instead of thinking strategically about how you should and could respond or whether it's actually even necessary for you to respond. And I think sadly, these days, regardless of these incredible tools that we have to communicate and get our messages out there about our organisations, is sometimes the best approach is to say nothing because there is you can't hide anymore. You know, it's not like you know back in the eighties and the nineties before all the social media where you could say something, the news cycle would pick it up and it'd be gone in a couple of days, you know, and and it was really hard to, you know, like go back to that. Now you can Google and you're there forever and you constantly look like, you know, you've you've stuck your foot in your mouth. You know, like that example I can think of is um, that the celebrity who was going to host the Oscars or the Emmys or one of those, something that he said 10 years ago and someone found it in a Google search and he lost the gig because of something inappropriate that he said when he probably shouldn't have um, opened his mouth. Yeah. But 10 years ago is a long time to, that's some serious, you know, begrudging when you go back 10 years, but you know, but people change I mean, people change in 10 years, but people can't change in a day after a tweet. <laughs> it's just- no, they can't because it's, it's there. It's yeah. history. It's, present but but even so this is going to plague him for 10 years on because yeah people will always remember the what we call in australia the doofus who put his foot in his mouth because you know like i i read the article you know I, i watched it unfold and i was like someone's not advising you properly mate um the challenge, though, with CEOs, I've worked with many CEOs, is that they often think that they're above the rules and above the law and that um, they can say whatever they like, but you, you can't because it's not just you that get in, impacted. Like you said, look at the repercussions on that brand because whether it was him saying it or somebody else, everybody who works for CrossFit has been tarnished by his... Um, inappropriate commentary. Yeah. And you know what? I had a conversation earlier today. So we're both speaking at the women's future conference that's coming up. It's a, it's, it initially was going to be held in Las Vegas this year, but unfortunately uh, COVID has locked, uh, locked you and, uh, <laughs> and Lauren down in Australia. So you're not leaving the country, but um, it, they've, they've gone from a, you know, on site in Vegas to having now virtual and we've been contracted to speak, 
but I have another guest who's coming on. She is a, this is, this is going to be a really cool episode. She's, she's a super nice lady. Um, she's a futurist and she is a real world strategist for PayPal. And so she's going to be coming on in September, but we were, when she had, had, had talked, we were, we were conversing about some connections, mutual connections that we have um, secondary in PayPal. And the first thing she said is how much she really appreciates the message that the CEO consistently delivers. And it was something very specific that is what made her decide out of all the offers that she was receiving that PayPal was the company that she wanted to go to. It was because of what the CEO is doing. So imagine when you've got people on the outside looking in, wanting to see how can I get into a great company like PayPal. Now, now put your mind in that, that thought pattern and that channel of, okay, they have positions at CrossFit. CrossFit. Do I really want to work for a jerk like this? You know, Absolutely. or a guy like this. I wouldn't call him a jerk, but um, just I, I just did. I, <laughs> <laughs> I did. But you mentioned figuratively, not literally. That's right. It's course. not my opinion of the guy. It's, it's just like, but that's but that's what goes through people's heads, right? So, um, so yeah, because his behavior was inappropriate. It was jerk-like behavior, and you're right. It's, but particularly when. Um, you know, like having worked in corporate comms and, and working closely with the HR department is that when you're developing a crisis communication plan, because let's face it, things go wrong in business, whether you're a big business multinational or whether you're a solopreneur or you run a small team, things go wrong. And you do have to work, you know, like we've got to get rid of these silos in organisations because we're actually all there for the same benefit and same outcome is for yeah. the business to do well and we all get paid and we're all happy and we all love going to work. So in the situation of Mr. CrossFit man, Mr. Glassman, is that he, what he really should have done is got his team together, PR manager, HR manager, and discussed and said, what is that? Like, this is what I really want to say. The PR person could have probably maybe framed it better. And the HR person would have said to the PR person, well, maybe it's probably prudent we don't say anything at all. So, well, no, <laughs> stuff does need to be said. I mean, especially if you've got employees. So, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Um, I, I think that less sometimes is best depending on the circumstances but um you know i think when you're looking at when your your employees have to have something because like you know you know my number one live and die rule and that's in the absence of information people make stuff up so it's one thing to have the you know be on the on the firing line for the court of public opinion but when you've got to battle public opinion internally, that's really where communication has to line up. And so if marketing oh. or, H or PR and HR are not syncing up together, that's very problematic. Oh, absolutely. But in this situation is that he's not, he, he, like he, he, he really didn't need to say anything. And that's where I think, you know, the PR and HR come together and go, 
unless this directly impacts our organisation, then maybe this isn't a public statement. Perhaps this is something that we need to deal with internally because our staff are going to be feeling um, uncertain, they'd be scared, they, you know, there's all of these things that, like you said, if we don't communicate with them, then they're going to make things up. But when it comes to commenting on public issues, that the danger is, is that, you know, we've, we've all got phones and Twitter accounts and, and other social media platforms, that it's really hard for the HR and the PR department to help manage and control what is going out when the leaders don't stop to think about the implications yes. of their actions. That yes. whilst it is your phone and it is your personal account, you still are representing an organisation and you need to be prudent about yes. how you show up. You know, like I've got lots of opinions on what happened in America and in Australia because, you know, we, we've had repercussions from Black Lives Matter and this kind of, thankfully, not as violent as the States. Right. But it's like, well, this doesn't really, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that I see this as happening and that it affects me, but I'm not going to give an opinion on whether I think it's right or whether it's wrong because that damages my brand. Right. So I had to talk Annette. PR person to an HR person <laughs> and go, what do you think we should You're do You're devil here? and your angel. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is which, hey? <laughs> They're interchangeable. <laughs> but, but you see, that's the thing. And I love what you, I mean, you're calling it out here perfectly. And that is, is that, you know, in the age of instant communication and microblogging and accessibility, to everything just because you can doesn't mean you should and when you do that puts your your internal bffs if you would on not so much on the side where we're sitting back and judging you but how do we get through this that's the question you know you've now put us on a just as much as a your reaction has now put us in a position where we're required to respond or figure out what's the most appropriate response. And, um, you know, boards of directors will fire somebody for stuff like this, you know, or, or they'll put heat and pressure on the C-suite to get rid of somebody who could be an internal influencer. And, you know, they've now all of a sudden made this colossal mistake. But it's hard. It's worse when it's the CEO. Absolutely, because that's the person that you're holding to the highest standard. I mean, like this, that that person in that position should really understand the repercussions of their actions. And and then you know, like regardless, because he, you know, he tweeted a, a an apology. Um, you know, I CrossFit HQ and the CrossFit community will not stand for racism. I made a mistake by the words I chose yesterday. I'm deeply saddened by the hurt it called. You know, and, I, and, and as a PR person, I call BS on that because he meant what he said. Yeah, he okay, did. Okay, so he's sorry about the pain that it might have caused people. But this is the danger of reacting and not being strategic because he could have said a whole lot of things if he'd taken into counsel the people that he hired 
as the experts to see him through times like this. And he could have maybe have made a really strong leadership statement instead of, uh, you know, pissing a whole lot of people off, which yeah. he, he did spectacularly. Yeah, he did. And I'll bet you 10 to 1. I'd even bet my next paycheck that this is not the first time that this guy has flown off the handle publicly. This was the one time that it cost the company the greatest. Because it was something that was really topical. It was in the news cycle. So it was really hard to escape because, and, and that's where, you know, working in tandem with, you know, the, the different departments within your organisation or if you're, um, you know, you're, you're consulting or counselling with an external organisation is to factor in these, you know, the strategies that you can take in these situations. Yeah. Um, and, and people don't do that. It, it, it reminds me of a, um, it was like, oh, gosh, 2013, and there was a, a an IAC employee, I don't know if you remember, Justine Seiko, and she was heading off to South Africa for a holiday and she tweeted the most racist thing and she landed in South Africa to find out that she was sacked. Yes. Yes, I do remember that. You remember that? It was I just... do. And that was kind of like the first well-known tweet blunder ever. That was that the blunder, not only did her tweet go viral, but the the how the company responded to it the news about the tweet went is equally viral and that was kind of like one of the first times that we've ever seen something like that happen yeah and you know what the really sad thing is is that she was a pr person and she should have known better <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like you know you, you you have to be circumspect with how you show up online it's it's not just a platform where you can just sprout any ideas or any philosophies or, or whatever you, you want, even if you don't run a business or you're the CEO of a major organisation, is that, you know, words hurt and mm -hmm. it's so easy for people to be offended and um, respond and you end up in this, just this big fight that you don't really need to. No. Like my grandmother once said, God bless her soul, is if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. You know, and I know like in an organisational, as you said, sometimes you have to, but if it's not going to add to the conversation, if it's not going to, um, you know, add substance to what's happening, then find some other um, hook yeah. to hang your coat on. Yeah. And, you know, you know, anybody who's listening to this has been in this situation at some point in time, and it's an uncomfortable situation. And I know you've been in it, and I sure as hell have been in it. And that is, is that, you know, they, they say it's lonely at the top, and absolutely it is. So when you've got an apex leader, like a CEO, or anybody's in the C-suite, or, you know, it could be at a regional whatever, and you and your internal partners are the person that does the communications and the person that does the HR work, you hear what is on their mind. And it is, it is spoken with the understanding and the expectation that what happens in the room stays in the room. Because these people are just as human as the people that are responding to that. And you know what? Leaders need to vent too. 
And had this guy, you know, gone off on a crack to, you know, any anybody that would have kept his re- his reaction confidential, it would have been a better turnout. This never this would never have happened. But mm, that's right. That that's a really good point because mm-hmm. you you know it's lonely at the top. It, we we get that if you've ever worked with CEOs. You know, you have to be very careful about who you do take into your confidence. But if we go back to that's why you hire good people in positions in your organisation, PER, PER, I don't even know what PER is, <laughs> PR, HR, you know, whatever, the, whatever it is, IR, CFO, is, is that we could keep going. We're going to make up new positions just because the acronyms sound cool. Yep, DABs and <laughs> FUCs and OMGs. But what, what, whatever position that they've got, you've, you've hired them because they're good at what they do. Yeah. And that you, you're paying them to have your back. Yeah. And we, we don't have to do this business thing alone. Um, you know, even if you're a, a solopreneur and you're looking for an, a, a consultant, you know, that's the person who's got your back. They want to make you look good yep. because when you look good, they look good. Like yeah. that's a win-win in my book. And it's, it's crazy that yeah, he didn't do that. He just, again, he reacted. It was such an emotive time. I mean, it's still an emotive topic, but right when you're in the thick of it, you know, not only have we got, you know, a pandemic going on globally, we've got these horrific riots that are raising all types of emotions and, and feelings and, and guilt and shame in our communities yeah. that, you know, yeah, we, we all want to say something. We're all frustrated and annoyed and trapped. And yeah, that's where you go. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to think about, what my next step is yeah and you know when when you're in that situation when you're in a seat like the seats that we've been in and you hear people that are going off and they're saying off-colored things and they're saying things like oh yeah that doesn't necessarily represent what the rest of the world sees you as you know you gotta you gotta do a couple things number one you have to take it for what it is and that is somebody who's just getting they're just off gassing and and the other piece is is that likely it's just it's just off the cuff stuff it it probably doesn't have roots but but there tends to sometimes be a little bit of that and when people vent it's like the truth comes out when you drink kind of thing you know booze has a tendency to pull truth in the matter out and this is kind of that that situation. I mean, I've had I've had some leaders say some insensitive things, but things that they would have never let come out of their mouth had it been anybody else. And I'll yeah. tell you what, there's been a couple of those comments that it is they still don't sit well with me today. But I recognize it for what it is. Mm, Oh, as you're speaking, I can think of a few CEOs that I've worked with where I'm like, thank God you didn't say that to anybody else. Yes. 
because you, I'd be giving you a shovel and helping you to dig the hole a little bit bigger for yourself. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're right. I think sometimes we forget that people are human. Yes. And, you know, that th- 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 guy's tweet was inappropriate, was uncalled for, but we all fuel the fire with by giving it oxygen. You know, th- the people who retweeted it, who were outraged and offended, made it worse because what it really should have done was just die quite death. But yeah. I think we all now feel like, we are entitled to our sense of outrage, whether it directly impacts us or not, because it gives us, you know, when I say us, I am generalising, obviously sure. not you and I and our listeners, but, you know, it gives us a sense of importance of being involved because, we, you know, we all keep getting told that we can do and be and have anything that we want if we just put our mind to it. And social media gives us that opportunity to feel yes. important. Yeah. And, and this is the reason why companies are so adamant about, you know, in policies and procedures is that if anybody's approached by the media, you need to contact Annette, right? And, and you should not say a single thing. You know, we've got all these, you know, you look at a lot of the national things that happen. Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, what was the name of it? Um, I get all excited about this and I can't remember the name of the movie. It was, um, oh, it was the story about the crash uh, that took place in 2008 with the U.S. stock market, and uh, Steve Carell stars in it, and um, you know what I'm talking about. And Brad Pitt's in it. Yes. Yeah. You would remember Brad Pitt being in it, but. So anyway, it's a great movie and Annette's looking it up now, but I'll continue talking about it. (laughs) So one of the, so they, it's a real, it's a, it's a narrative around the series of events that happened with the housing market and how um, a group of investors shorted uh, the most unlikely thing out there and they made millions of dollars on it. Did you find it? Big short. The big short. Thank you. Big short, yeah. The big short. So as uh, the first major bank fell and unloaded, there's somebody, there's a guy that's standing outside. Everybody's walking out with their with their boxes of their personal belongings because everybody just got their pink slips. And he's he's out there. He's like, remember, don't say anything to the press. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was gold. That phenomenal movie. So well done. Love the movie. And, um, but, but that's, a, that's exactly what that is. I mean, it's kind of comical because it was, it, it, I mean, the guy had like, what do you do? You know, anybody's going to tell him to go pound sand and they're going to talk to whoever they want. But there's a reason why. And that's because information, it, it grows ahead and it's, it becomes on fire and it just goes quickly. And that's the reason why we have policies and you know, I'm, I'm not the right person to talk to the press on certain matters. And, you know, if I was representing a company, I would say, well, let me talk to my PR team first and, you know, see if we can't get you the most appropriate statement. And then we work together and say, yeah, guess what? This is going to litigation. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't say anything, but yeah, we're going to litigate this. And uh, we're getting questions on, you know, needing some public statement. And then it's up to the PR department to determine whether or not that should happen. 
absolutely in and, conjunction and this, with the attorney so we don't lose our legal groundwork absolutely and it's the same with having policies in place for social media usage mm -hmm. because as an employee i mean there's been quite a few cases here in australia where an employee has gone to facebook or instagram or, or twitter um, we don't use twitter as much here in australia um, Facebook seems to be our communication tool of, of preference and Instagram, but they've taken to social media to say something about their employer or a customer and been sacked because they've forgotten that their comments are public. So having in place those media policies and social media policies are not there to restrict people, they're there to protect them. Because, yeah. you know, you say one stupid thing online, there goes your job, there goes your share price, you know, there goes your position and your standing in the community. When if you've just taken a deep breath and gone to the, the HR department or the PR department and said, okay, I want to say this and, and, and be, be open to having advice because advice is not there to hold people back. It's there to enrich and, um, you know, encourage and enlighten people. So, yeah, it's such a good point. Uh, even in small business, you've got to have these policies. Otherwise, you, you're just a gum going, okay, I'll do whatever I want. Bang, bang, bang. Uh-oh, look at all the dead bodies behind me. Yeah. it's And here's the thing. You can never unring a bell. Nope. You can never, never unring a bell. Now, once it's rung, it's, and, and you know, as we've already discussed, the stain stays with you. There isn't any washing remover that is going to get rid of that stain. Like the, the, the Hollywood star that lost his, you know, hosting gig because something came up from 10 years ago where he, he's, yeah, you're right. People change. Yeah. But the community that sees that information holds, if you're in the public eye, definitely people to a higher standard, which it's not fair, but that's kind of the way that it is. Yeah. And, you know, look, we all go through life. We're going to, we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. Just, oh man, if you could just find a way to make sure that it's not public. <laughs> Because that's kind of like our, that's like our, our new, it's like the, the bullying, it's like the bully on the playground is you can hide behind technology, but now you can only hide behind it so much because people are now equally reacting to it as we've seen. And, you know, I like what you had said a little while ago that if you just went to HR and said, I want to say this on social media you know what you're probably going to get is you're probably going to get somebody who wants to listen to the problem and either help you realign your expectations on things or help you solve it. And therefore now there's no need for you to be upset or, you know, um, bent out of shape or have this concern. They may not even have known that the problem existed. And instead of you just being a complaint like existing as a complaint about it you're now in a 
you're, you've found resolution to it. Mm. You know? It's so true. So many of those things that we were taught as kids about, you know, how we show up in the world, like, like, you know, we look at back and go, well, that's really old fashioned, but they're actually really appropriate, pertinent to how we live and we show up in life now because, you know, social media is not going away. Um, You know, people with opinions are not going away, but what we need to do is kind of learn how to, deliver and, and, and be human better so that we, we you know, like I, I guess there are always going to be people who are going to be offended, like that's their gig, you know, they live to be offended. But when we have really serious issues, you know, around like Black Lives Matters and quarantines and pandemics and, and things that impact a lot of people is that if you can find a way to offer guidance and assistance that's helpful. Yeah. And do that. Why, why cause more pain and angst in the world, I say? Like, that just seems counterintuitive to me. Why make matters worse? Like, hello. And, and I guess, like, I look at social media all the time and think, you know what, you actually really didn't need to say that at all. Just shut up, move on. And, and, and I think too... You haven't another, noticed, and that's a little direct. <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I'm a little direct. But I love her for it. <laughs> I don't know whether that's Australian or that's just me. Maybe it's it both. It could be a combination of the both. It could be a combination of both. But, like, I, I run a, a closed Facebook group and one of the things about this Facebook group is let's have real conversations. Let's talk about topics that really impact us, you know, not just sharing a meme of, you know, a cat bouncing a ball or <laughs> what you had for breakfast. Let's have real conversations. But what I've noticed that even with all the rules that we set up and the guidelines is that people don't know how to communicate anymore and share their opinion without being offended or without having to come back swinging. So it's okay for you and I to disagree. I don't have to share your opinion on something but I do have to respect it or I do have to just accept it because quite often I may not be able to change your mind or even if I do want to change your mind, that I do it respectfully and with dignity without getting personal. And that's the thing that we've forgotten is that we, we, we take everything far too personally and we respond personally where sometimes name-calling and digging and trolling is not necessary. Just walk away. Walk away. Yeah, it's all good. But, you know, it's they're human and they just, our emotions get the better of us sometimes. And, you know, like I said, just because, just because you have the ability doesn't mean you should. And, um, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing to discipline an employee for, for stepping out of bounds for something like that. Like your example that we talked about with, you know, South Africa. Um, it's another thing when you're dealing with an apex leader, like a CEO and, you know, how do you work with a person? Like it, I can only imagine how difficult it would be for anybody that has to work that closely with the CEO with everything that's going on and emotions are raw in the world. I mean, just not here in the U S it's in the world. Um, how do you face a guy like that? Or how do you, it does not, not 
not necessarily him specifically, but when somebody does something like that, you have employees that are trying to figure like, how do I deal with this? How do I even exist? How do I even work with somebody? Because that trust is gone. And that's a lot of what we have to battle on both fronts. You know, I battle the, you know, constantly rebuilding trust every day, you know, and, and everybody's listening is in HR. You're constantly building trust every day and it doesn't take much for it to knock down. You, Annette, are building trust in, like I said, you know, the court of public opinion. And that's a, that's a, both, both jobs are 24 seven. It, you Absolutely. just, it never rests. Well, and, and even with PR, it's still building trust internally as well. Internally because too, that, yeah. That internal comms aspect of, um, you know, organisational structure is vital. And, I, like, I may be being very self-centred here, but, you know, I see that that comms professional, um, whether they're the consultant or whether they're the employee, is such a pivotal role because you have the opportunity with your skill and your ability to make those connections and to put band-aids on things and to repair situations by using your prowess and your craft with words and with understanding human relationships that, you know, the glue sometimes that's holding an organisation connections together. So... Um, and I guess that's where we come back to silos is that, you know, let's get rid of them because we're all in this together. I mean, I know that's almost a trite saying at the moment because everybody, but we we really are. We are. We really are. And if, we, if we've got each other's back, even if we don't agree, but just look out for each other because if you're doing well, I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could take over the world, Brenda. I think we should try. Yeah, is it like isn't the elections coming up? Is it too late for us to put a hand up? <laughs> we it's really get, interesting. But if we do it, we got to get Lauren in. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll need her to manage our brand. <laughs> so yeah, very. Can you imagine important. the three of us. I mean, people would feel like a crack in the planet. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, we we did a coaching call the other day in our group. And as you've just acknowledged that I am very direct and, um, yeah, I think I'd make a very interesting leader. It's like, what are you saying? Like, come on, stop being a sook. Pull your socks up. Let's get this done. Oh, I know. No, we'd have fun doing it, though. I think so. Let's do it. Come on. (laughs) I'm not doing anything next weekend. We can get started. (laughs) So what kind of piece of advice would you have to offer for those in HR who are, who are listening and are finding themselves in these very challenging positions, like from your experience and the things that you've gone through, what, what are some good takeaways do you think you have uh, for folks? Cause I mean, this is great conversation, but I also like to make sure that we have, you know, real genuine, Hey, you might want to try this. You might want to think here's another tool for your tool belt kind of approach. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the things that I would always, from a PR point of view, but working in um, cahoots with the HR, is that to make sure that you're regularly touching base with each other yeah. and you're talking about what what's coming up, what can happen, what could impact your organisation, um, making sure that you're building 
a good relationship with your, your CEO or the leader of the organisation. Um, I know that you say once they stop talking to you, you know that you're in trouble. So at least then you know that how you can protect yourself and your way forward. Um, constantly review your policies and procedures because things change. They change rapidly. Go and have a look at, at what your, your, your media policy is, what your social media policy is, and make sure that's up to date. Actually communicate that to the team so that they, because that, most people know that the policy's there, but they haven't read it. Yeah, which is for a, a while. Is a tip. Yeah, read it because it's handy. Um, and find a, um, a, an interesting, review your, your media policies and your social media policies, communicate that to your team and find a fun and interesting way to be able to convey that information to them because just sending people an email is, you know, we're inundated with information. So organise a Zoom meeting, um, like do maybe a policy treasure hunt and have a prize at the end so that you know that people are a little bit more engaged in the process because there's something in it for them because we often forget that knowing the policy is also protecting us. But, you know, life's so serious, so it's okay to have a little bit of fun. And to um, never stop that reaching out to people in the team. Yeah. To let them know that you're there, that you're there to support them. Because I think in a HR um, presence that sometimes people think that you're unapproachable because HR's the people who fires. You know, they're the ones who don't give you the pay rises. You know, they're, they're the evil people who are making life difficult because you're not allowed to do this. <laughs> <coughs> but they're actually really there to support. Yep. So, I mean, you know that. I'm teaching you how to suck eggs here. But I, <laughs> I guess, but as a, as a HR person, I think sometimes they, they forget that. They start to feel like the enemy yes. is that, you know, within, yes. your, within your team, because I know you've got an amazing Facebook group, is to talk about these things. And so that when the situation comes up, you're really firm and confident in where you stand in the success of an organisation because, you know, HR, like all departments in an organisation are important and pivotal because that's why they're there. Um, and for a HR person that, you know, to remind yourself of the value that you bring yeah. and how, how what you're doing to make sure that the, the company continues to prosper and grow. Yeah. You know, and, and I love how you talk about prosperity and growth. You reminded me of um, years ago when I worked for a space agency, you know, we have, we're around cool stuff. We're around rockets and we're around launch pads. And, you know, at the time this was an organization where uh, they still do today is they actually um, support the resupply mission to the international space station. And so, you know, we're around neat stuff. And I had an employee that said, I really want to post this on social media, but I'm, and it was a beautiful picture that he took. And, and he said, but I'm nervous about doing it. And I said, oh, I said, you know what? Why don't you get a hold of such and such who is our internal PR person? And he goes, oh, and he said, for what? And I said, just run a buyer. I, I said, just run it by, just, you know, get approval before posting something like that. So that way, you know, you're not, now you're not having to make up or 
take something down that's been that has you haven't gotten a blessing on it and he said oh she won't do that and i said you'd be surprised i said what's the worst thing that she could do and he goes say no and i said well exactly or she'll give you another picture and say well why don't you use this other one instead which is equally cool but it's not showing blah 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 blah, blah right and he's like i never would have thought about it that way and i said that's because you didn't ask mm. said, there's nothing I'm wrong with asking there's never never anything wrong with asking he went ahead and posted, and I wouldn't say it went viral, but it got a lot of attention. And they actually wound up using, they asked permission. It's like, hey, can we use this for some PR stuff? Because it's a great image, you know, and, and we'll give you credit for it, you know. And um, so it's just, you know, it's just a matter of just simply asking the question. And yeah. I think that's a lot in general of what is missing in the world today, and it has been for a while. We don't ask, we just do. Yep. And if you don't ask, you don't get. And I think from a HR and a PR point of view is letting people know that you are there to help, to be that support, to encourage, to guide. Um, because, you know, if we keep coming back to silos, um, especially when you come out of corporate, like that sometimes that's part of the cultural environment. But when you're out on your own and you're consulting, um, you've just got to continue to communicate. And I think that's probably my most important tip is don't hide behind your keyboard or messaging or texting is pick up the phone and actually talk to people. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And uh, yeah, it's, that's all what it's all about is just conversation and it's the right kind of conversation, but there's a, it's, there's a lot more bravery in stepping up and being forward than there is hiding behind technology and not taking accountability. And that's a lot of what's going on. And so, you know, it's, if you're walking around your buildings and you see stuff that, yeah, it's not, it really shouldn't be done that way. You know, just my favorite phrase in trying to understand what's going on is please help me understand blah. Like help me understand why this is because I simply don't know, I need to know. And, you know, if you have to approach something, it's like, okay, so help me understand why, what made you decide to post this? Or what made you decide that this was the right, you know, phrase or message that you wanted to put out there? And you'll be amazed at what people will come back at. And then the ones that know that they're in trouble, they're gonna stumble and trip over their own (laughs) tongue because they, they they can feel it coming. But, you know, it's like, no, 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 it's, it's, I'm curious. I'm not here to criticize you. I'm, I'm trying to understand why, why we're here, you know, and, um, you know, you can apologize now if you want, uh, and, or you can wait 15 minutes until I understand what's going on. If you think it requires an apology, you know, it, it is what it is, but. Well, this has been great. Thank you so very much. It's amazing that 45 minutes has already gone by. I know. We could keep going, but we shouldn't. (laughs) I should go do some work. No, it's it's important to have these conversations because we can hide in the shadows or we can come out into the light. And the more that we're out in the light, the more that we're normalising that it's... 
It's okay to ask for advice. It's okay to reach out. Yep. It's okay to stop and think about what you're doing before acting because if you just take those few moments, you can save yourself a world of pain. Yes. And, and you know what? Here's the thing too. It just, it's a last minute thought is that, you know, if you're in that situation where you're working for a leader and they just rang a bell that they can't unring, you know, they're already feeling the pressure and the embarrassment or the anger or whatever it is that they're experiencing, especially if the backlash is as significant as it was in this one. Your job, therefore, isn't to sit and judge anymore because they're up against enough judgment. Your job is to figure out how do we get through this and contain, contain what needs to be contained, minimize any particular damage, or go back and do damage control. How do you guys do that? You know, that's, that's where your real value kicks in. But you also have to get right with yourself, too, because you're going to run into stuff you're not going to agree with. You're going to run into stuff that, you know, maybe just as a, a, you know, aberrant or abhorrent as other people are responding to, but you've got to figure out how to rise above that. And that is the nature of a true professional in, in dealing with something like that. Absolutely. Have a plan, act with dignity and yeah. respect and remember the big picture. That's right. And then when you get home, that's when you can crack open a bottle of wine, call your best girlfriend and say, okay, I need to talk to you. Not, you can't say anything. I can't believe what a jerk this guy was. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? Or your, or your hubby or whatever, you know, but you can't, you know, it's gotta be that one person that you trust with your life that will never say anything. But I mean, because you do, you have to deal with yourself too. I mean, you have to take care of how you feel about these situations because some of them are really bad. And you may not like the outcome. You may not even be pulled in and involved with it. You may have to wind up, you know, cleaning it up down the road and it's worse, you know, but you have to, you have to get right with your own feelings about this too, because if you don't, you're going to be going through that situation upset and fuming and you might, you know, it might, you might make a decision or a career change out of anger and not you know, thinking through things clearly. But if it's, mm. if it's like an, a, if it's a violation of your personal ethics, like that's not something that you can tolerate and, and look at yourself in the mirror, you've got to resolve that. I mean, you, you, it, and if that means you talk it through and clean it, you know, get it cleaned up and right with the person, or you pick up and you find another opportunity, that's what I mean by resolve. In other words, you can't just let it exist and not have an ending to it. Good advice. So sweet. Well, thank you again, my dear. This has been great. My pleasure. Anytime. And if people want to know how to get a hold of you, how can they how can they find you? If they go to the audaciousagency.com and um, the about tab um, and scroll down, there's a, a little box that says book a call and we do um, free 20 minute calls on any topic, obviously, within, you're not going to ask me about neuroscience because it'll be a very short phone call. But anything around PR, crisis planning, social media, awards, um, you know, Lauren, definitely for branding, um, profile building, then, you know, we're happy to have a chat and point people in the right direction. Yep. Uh, you guys do an awesome service that way. 
Well, thank you again. Thank you, Brenda. It's been awesome. We are currently accepting registrations still for a really awesome event that is taking place coming up on August 4th. And you can find the link to this on the homepage of the bestpractices.work website. Uh, Dave Acosta, who has uh, been a really recent guest on the show, uh, he and I have teamed up and we are both fellow speakers over at the Eagle Rise Speakers Bureau. Um, and we are working together <clears throat> to actually put on a free webinar to help employers, HR professionals, risk management folks, uh, EHS teams, and anybody that's doing some sort of uh, assessment for their companies uh, in order to report to the board of directors. Um, what is all involved with Actor Shooter Program? How do you take away that fear? How you bring that DS, you know, we de-escalate that fear and we actually increase the level of confidence in the, in the workforce culture. And basically what we're working on is helping people understand how you survive simply three to five minutes, that's it, during an active shooter event. Um, <clears throat> we really take it beyond run, hide, fight. We're actually really excited about this opportunity. And it's, you know, it's one of those tough topics that every HR professional, it's on their mind. It's on the employees' minds as well. If you ask majority of employees, honestly, we'll tell you that they don't really know what to do other than the three words, run, hide, fight. And otherwise, they, they do feel that sense of vulnerability and that, um, you know, they're not getting that necessary information. So we're actually putting this on. We're, we're really excited about it. We're working together to, like I said, help take that fear out and help raise that confidence. So if you guys would like to join us, I certainly invite you to do this. Like I said, it's a free webinar. You are welcome to hop in. Um, you can find this again on the bestpractices.work website. It's, uh, it's right on there on the homepage. If you scroll down just a little bit, if you sign up, when you sign up, you're actually gonna get uh, one thing delivered to your inbox, and that is an agenda which has links to videos that'll help kind of prep this for you. Uh, gives you a little bit more information <clears throat> about who Dave is and some of the stuff that we're working on. Um, and what the results are of some of the things that uh, I know certainly he's been doing this with the Utah's uh, school districts, as he mentioned in the episode. So it'll give you some, some pretty awesome stuff. You attend the webinar, and then we actually give you a free checklist, uh, things that you can actually, because more than likely you probably already have some things in place and just don't even realize it. So it's definitely well worth uh, attending the events. One hour, again, it's over on August 4th. It's going to be taking place at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys there. So if you guys have been considering joining the HR coaching program, you know, summer is a great time to do something like that for yourself because everybody, you know, it tends to get a little quiet under normal circumstances in the HR world. There's really not a lot going on. Uh, compliance wise and you'll be able to you know focus in and actually make some investment to yourself so the next registration date you can sign up for it anytime by going to the bestpractices.work website click on the HR University and that's where you'll actually find in that the link to go ahead and sign up <clears throat> um, you get quite a few things that come with it but the next actual uh, opportunity to register for the live event which we do every month 
um, will be on the 1st of August. So like I said, you can join the coaching program at any point in time. There's a lot of stuff that you can do in the interim before our next event. And all of that information is located in there. But, you know, there's things that you're going to receive. You'll be able to receive access to the recorded HR planning sessions um, that have taken place back in the month of August, or excuse me, in July, where we did a Q3 planning session and a, and a regular planning session, just learning how to do some basic strategy, um, you know, really trying to help you guys understand what it is that you need to know. Also, you get attendance to the monthly HR roundtable session, and you'll be able to listen to the previously recorded sessions as well. Um, you'll have access to the course, Selling HR to Your Boss, <coughs> How to Increase Your Yes Factor by 10x for Free. You'll be able to get a copy of my audiobook, which is actually releasing. It's just been slightly delayed, but it is coming out this month. Uh, 17 Winning Tactics for Your HR Career, Get It Off the Ground and Steer It to the Future, plus free access to the member resource site, which is also still available for anybody who just wants to get access to the resource sites. $9 a month. It's very, very affordable has a boatload of information in there as well. So the coaching program really is helping our community of dedicated HR pros find the ways to move forward through their challenges. And one of the participants in the coaching program had shared this about uh, the most recent event that we had. And she said that her big takeaway was the HR planning worksheet that was part of that. And just spending time with other HR professionals who live in the same headspace uh, that she's actually living in. And, and she walked away feeling that no matter how much is on your plate or how much you're dealing with, you really aren't alone. And that's that's the big that's the big gift for everything that we're working on is you get an opportunity to, to do that. So you guys know I love it when we get HR questions in. And today's question is like one of my favorite questions of all time. And if you have a question or if you know somebody, uh, you see something that's popping up that's out and about, and you think it would be a great topic to talk about, by all means, go ahead and please submit it to me and I'd be happy to go ahead and read it online. So today's question is, what are some good tips for one-on-ones with your employees and what are some of the best ways that you can give them both positive and negative feedback? And this is, I absolutely love talking about this topic. If there's anything out there that I would much rather spin, spin a lot of yarn on, <laughs> it would be something like this. And, you know, when you're, I'm, I'm just thrilled that somebody is asking the question around doing one-on-ones with their employees because that is so critical. And, you know, at least giving people feedback on their performance on a regular basis, it does several things. Number one, it keeps everybody sane, meaning both you and the employee, because you get an opportunity um, to, you know, set or reset your expectations uh, and then also make sure that they understand that they are, or you know, if they are meeting expectations, you get an opportunity to talk about that as well. Um, the other piece is, is that the employee actually gets that feedback, so they don't feel like they're trying to navigate blindfolded. Um, you know, we never know how we're really doing, honestly, until somebody tells us. And um, you know, giving that giving that important feedback, both you know, positive and constructive, gives people the opportunity to. One, keep things in check, make sure that they continue to perform at the level of expectation that is being communicated. And then number two, if they're not meeting the standards, then, you know, it gives them an opportunity to make that adjustment. So one of the things that and I've talked about this a number of times, and I may have even talked about it on a previous episode. I mean, we've, this is episode 70, so it's hard for me to remember them all. But um, if I did, if I did, then you get a repeat. And if I didn't, then you get to hear it for the first time. 
So it was something that was introduced many years ago, and it's actually called an emotional bank account. And every time you give somebody positive feedback, you give them a compliment, well, it brings that level of currency, it brings that balance up into the positive, right? And who doesn't like a fat, positive bank account, right? Well, anytime you take, you give somebody points of criticism or, you, you know, you don't, aren't necessarily open to what somebody's saying or you make a comment that just man, it just really doesn't sit well with somebody, well, that tends to drain that positive balance until eventually you're in the negative and you're bouncing checks everywhere, right? So you don't have that validity. You don't have that level of trust that's certainly important and required when it comes to leading. So um, if you focus in on a two-to-one ratio, uh, that always seems to work because let's face it, nobody likes to hear a criticism. Nobody likes to eat crow. Um, least of all me, I can't stand it, but I understand where it comes from and I understand why. But when all you're giving somebody on a one-on-one is that negative form of feedback or the things that you're constantly telling them what they're not doing, you're going to be, you're going to be in overdraft pretty darn quick. So to balance that, to make it fair, I do two to one ratio, but I've always done it where it's positive, negative, positive right? Even though I don't like calling criticism, I don't like calling it that, like providing developmental feedback, because in my opinion, that's really truly what it is. I'm giving you information so that you can grow and excel and become better. It is what it, what you're doing. Um, and, and it gives me the opportunity to help keep you on pace when I'm giving that kind of feedback. So I always start things off by, you know, acknowledging what they've done great. And then I move into an area of opportunity, meaning that this, is, this could be something that we have to continuously work on, could be a one-time slip-up, could doesn't even have to be that bad, but it's that undesired feedback, right? Meaning that you know it's probably not going to be taken in the way you want it to be, or you know it's negative, or you know that it's, you know, it's critical, it's not harsh, but it's just developmental feedback. And then you ended up with another piece of positive feedback after that. So it's kind of like a sandwich, right? The meat is the negative stuff and you pat it between two pieces of bread. <laughs> Everybody loves bread, right? That's why we have Panera. Anyway, um, it, it just, it tends to, it just tends to take the edge off of things. And it also reminds you that, you know, the more you sway to the positive, you're not taking away from the negative but you really do show that individual that you do value what they contribute. And even if you're not a person that gives a lot of glowing rave reviews or high praise or compliments, this is something anybody can do. Um, you know, you can have a conversation. It could sound something like this, you know, you know, last week I really liked how things went with that project that you had closed out. I thought you guys did a really fantastic job at, I mean, you hit the mark, you had everything all lined up, everything was done on time, under budget. And, uh, you know, I think you guys just did a really great job. So thank you for doing that. Um, there is something that I would like to focus in on, and I'd like you and I to put our heads together to figure out how we can really kind of raise the bar in this area. And that would be, you know, the, the project deadline that keeps getting pushed back. Um, I'd like to sit down and, and have you and I figure out where, where are we finding our breakdowns? Like, where are the breakdowns in this? What do you need from me to help overcome what's going on with that? And kind of reset that 
let's reset the expectation. Let's reset the deadline on this one, and let's make sure that we get it done. And if something's going on and you don't know, and you don't have the ability to, you know, get past it, or you need my help or something, and I'm here for that. But this is something that needs to happen. And I'd really like to see that happen by this particular day. And then, you know, that's an example of a positive going into a negative, and then rounded out with another positive immediately after that. So I know I kind of did it quick, but that just kind of, you know, gives you a couple of uh, feeder lines into the brain because I can tell you right now, all the years that I've been giving this advice, it's amazing how many people have followed it, how effective it really is. So try it on sometime. All right, so <clears throat> that is an example of some real conversation that I actually, that's probably the one con piece of conversation and piece of advice that I have doled out more than anything else, even more than the number of I9 audits I've given over the last God knows how many years. And um, these are the kinds of things that we talk about over in the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group. Now, like I said, it's summertime. July is usually the month where, you know, it's just quiet. And, and we're certainly seeing that right now. But you know what? We're growing. We're growing still in spite of that. We're almost at 170 members, which is fantastic because this group only just started January 6th. That's right. January 6th. So we are six months old and, and getting a little bit older. But you know, as we continue to grow, we've certainly learned quite a bit of, about what's going out in the world. We've got, you know, a, a leaderboard that shows people who's who's engaged, um, how you can get on the leaderboard. It's it's very easy to do, and you know what? They're a really good group of people. I'm serious. I've gotten to know quite a few people, and they're just really really awesome. And I enjoy having them around. I enjoy watching what they post and listening to their conversations and just really kind of watching everybody blossom into something and to the next level. So it's pretty great. And you guys are welcome to join us again. That is over at the next gen women in HR Facebook group. You are welcome to pop in. If you want to join the group, you do have to answer a couple questions. There's two questions. One is about where you want, you know, where you, where you want to go in HR, what are your biggest challenges, and then two more, boom, you're in. If you don't answer the questions, unfortunately, we're not going to let you in through the door. All right. If you'd like to follow me, there's a lot going on. And even despite that it's summer and it's a little quiet, if you'd like to connect with me, you can certainly find me in several different spots. You can find me over on Instagram and Facebook at the best practices in HR. And that's really where I give some general updates as to what's happening, um, you know, with uh, different types of events and, you know, HR news and stuff like that. You can find me again over on Instagram at Brenda the HR Lady. And that's where I sh share a little bit more about what I'm up to as an individual. And if you'd like to connect with me professionally, you can certainly find me over on LinkedIn. And my you can find me at Brenda Neckvottle, and that's N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. Over on YouTube, I've also been building a library of videos, and you can find me over there again using my name. And every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I co-host another show that's called The Real uh, the real HR show. And it's a live show that I put on with the evil HR lady herself, Suzanne Lucas. And Suzanne has actually written over a thousand different articles for Inc. Magazine. And lastly, you can jump on the website at bestpractices.work where you can read up on the new updates that I called out in today's episode. This is something uh, that I've decided to do a little while ago. If you simply go to the website, uh, on the main page, click on podcast, that link up at the top, you can get this week's articles. And also while you're there, go ahead and click on connect at the top of the webpage and get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox on a monthly basis. 
I don't spam you at all. We don't share your information, but we do keep you updated on what's going on in our community and also uh, different tidbits of information that are important. So love to see you there. Folks, thank you again for yet another really great episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to Annette. She's awesome. She rocks. I love being around her. She's a load of energy. She's a trip. And uh, it's it's so nice with technology because her being down in Australia, me being here in the U.S., it doesn't even feel like we're miles apart. So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And uh, we'll talk to you next time around. Have a good one.